And that's what is also heavily involved in discovering self-love Yeah, is why do I do the things that I do? What are my triggers? So just to add. Yeah. To yeah. That. I love that. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Hello and Goodbye. This is episode nine. You have just me for the intro today. For the main part of the episode, I actually have a special guest that I'm bringing on. So I'm really excited to introduce her a little bit later. Jared will be back next week. We're gonna be recording a special episode to celebrate our 10th episode. We're gonna be doing listener questions, and also telling our worst date stories. So if you haven't already submitted questions that you have, make sure to DM me at hello and goodbye podcast on Instagram or at underscore Leanna Joan. I also wanted to let you know that with the situation at hand, I did get another mic and Jared and I will be recording remotely. So I'm really excited about that. So you guys are going to have episodes coming every week. This is not coming to a halt. This has been such a lifesaver for me. So therapeutic. And on that note, I just want to thank you guys, honestly, from the bottom of my heart for all of the sweet messages and DMs and texts that I've gotten. I got a really special and sweet message from a listener today just saying how much she appreciated my vulnerability in episode five. And, you know, this podcast has been a really scary thing for me. You never know how people are going to react. And it's actually affected my dating life because a lot of guys won't date me because I have this podcast and they don't want to be in it. And I totally understand that. And I did realize that could be a thing when I started. But honestly, I'm just so proud of what I'm putting out there. And it means the world to me to get the feedback from you guys that I'm getting. And it just kind of helps shut out any negativity that has come in, including the fact that guys won't date me. (laughs) But anyway, on that note, I want to kind of talk about my dating life now that we are in quarantine. I mean, I'm in California. We are locked down and I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah, my dating life has come to a halt. That guy from last week, I did reach out. And I said, hey, I hope you're safe. I hope everything is going well. And he did respond. And I said, have you listened to my voice text? And he said, I did. And then I was like, well, did you have any thoughts? And he was like, nothing different than what I said above. So, you know, again, I took my vulnerability and just didn't really care to move on from there. And Honestly, he doesn't owe me anything, so that's totally fine. But that situation really stung, and I'm still working through it. So I'm still working through that. And guys, I deleted the apps, and then I downloaded them, and then I deleted them, and then I downloaded them again. It's like I have the devil on the one side telling me to download the dating apps, and then I've got the angel being like, no, don't do it. And I always download it because I get so bored and now we're in quarantine and I'm like, oh, well, maybe it would be nice to have like a virtual, you know, quarantine buddy and 
Um, it's just, it's leading nowhere. Honestly, like I haven't met or haven't started talking to any quality guys. It's funny because before I started this podcast in January, I was like, I am taking a break from dating. I'm not going to date until after my yoga retreat on April 1st. And then I started the podcast. I'm like, well, I got a date for you guys. Like I gotta, you know, I gotta have content. And so I dated and obviously dated some more and totally broke that kind of promise that I had said to myself. Well, now I'm forced to do that. <laughs> Literally cannot go on a date. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of give you guys an update on that. So my dating life is at a halt because of the world crisis. And I just wanted to touch on this and then we're going to do a quick little segment and then we'll get into the main episode. But if you are not practicing social distancing, I just urge you to practice it and not for you, but for those who immune systems are compromised or for the elderly over 65, this virus is crazy and it is in us for a week sometimes before we even know. And in that week of time, we could have infected all of these other people and then they didn't know and they could have infected. So honestly, the only way to stop the spread from going so fast and not having enough healthcare workers and equipment to help save lives is by social distancing. And so that's what we can do. That's the part that we can do is sit on our couches and watch Netflix. And when we go to the grocery stores, wash our hands, use hand sanitizer, practice standing six feet away from someone. And I want to just shout out to all of the healthcare workers who are working their asses off for all of the people that still have to go to work to support our daily lives. I'm so appreciative for you guys. So they're doing that. We can do our part. And I just wish you guys all of the health and safety in this crazy time. So I just wanted to finish this on a lighter note before we go into the episode. When California went on lockdown on Thursday night, I posted on my stories, what does being locked down mean for you? And I got some really funny ones. Okay, so I got Zoom dance parties. Love that idea. Shopping for yoga pants because... I'm not going to have enough because we're all probably wearing sweatpants all the time. I can open my shredded cheese and eat it now. I love this one so much, but I'm confused as to why you needed the quarantine to do that. Like, why couldn't you open the shredded cheese and eat it before the quarantine? But I love it. You, you open that cheese and you eat the shit out of that shredded cheese. Um, crying all day. <laughs> Been there already. And crying is good. Remember we talked about in our grief episode last week. Have a good cry. Trying to keep my relationship. This is on point. I am obviously single as fuck, but I feel for you guys that are now going to be with your partners 24-7. And maybe next week on episode 10, I'll ask Jared if he can kind of speak on that since he's in a relationship of what are some things you can do to either build up your relationship or to make sure you have alone time. So we'll keep that one in mind. And then, oh, and then this one is just a one word response, vodka. And I think we can all relate to that one. Finally, the last one is 
flirting with guys online while stuffing my face with carbs. And I love this girl so much. And you do you keep doing your thing. I'm with you. I will probably be doing the same after I've deleted and then re-downloaded the dating apps. Anyway, with that said, I'm so excited to get to the episode today and I hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys. Well, I am so excited to introduce this guest to you. She's a modern day Renaissance woman. She's a real estate entrepreneur with Compass LA. She teaches classes at Bar Method. She specializes in interior design. She is a secret health food junkie and is one of my best friends. Welcome, Michelle Para. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to kind of share a little bit of your story. I know you well, but my listeners don't. (laughs) Um, So this is actually round two. (laughs) Of course. We recorded this weekend in LA at Michelle's beautiful apartment, but for some reason, I fucked it up. (laughs) So this is round two, and we're little bummed because we got some really raw material but but we're here and you know we're excited to to share with you guys maybe you know maybe we'll sound a little bit more polished now yeah there we go yeah that was a dress rehearsal yeah exactly (laughs) so tell us a little bit about well tell us how old you are what you do for a living are you in a relationship i'm 37 i'm sorry what were the questions Uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, oh, oh. I'm in real estate. I made the transition from interior design to real estate about, uh, I don't know, almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then are you dating? Are you in a relationship? I am not. I am in a relationship with my career and it's getting serious. It's getting kind of <laughs> heavy. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I have, I have... Yes. I mean, of course, I think dating is naturally kind of happening to me with just, you know, the people that I meet and, you know, going out to dinner here and there. And so I guess without even realizing it, I am kind of dating. Good. But I like your, I like your, that it's not like your focus, like your focus isn't dating and finding someone. Your focus right now is yourself and your career. Hands down, it's the time for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, and That's it feels so good. That's so great. Yeah, thank well, you. Well, we're going to come back to that later on. But tell us a little background of like what makes you you, kind of where you grew up. And I mm. know a lot, so I'm going to try not to butt in and kind of let, <laughs> just let you. But t- that wouldn't be you, Leanna. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, and just let you tell your story. Okay, this my story, the story. I, uh, you know, my parents, I guess I should start there. I think it's a cute way to kick it off is uh, they are both from South Bay, Redondo Beach area. And, you know, my mom fell in love hearing my father's voice over the intercom. She was a candy striper at a hospital, which is, you know, volunteer for a hospital. She was 15 and she needed to find out who the voice belonged to. And they were together ever since. You know, my mom had me when she was 20. And I think it took me a a minute to kind of realize and put that puzzle piece Mm. together because my parents just were young when they had mm-hmm. me. And, you know, I have a younger sister and I feel like she, 
had such a vastly different upbringing Mm. than me. And I realize now, I think I kind of raised my parents a little for her. Mm. And so, you know, my dad was really tough with me. He was strict. He said no a lot before perhaps I even got the full question out. It was Mm no. You know, I also kind of got myself into trouble because I was a bit rebellious and didn't Mm. want to hear no all the time. And it... It got me to to ultimately get in and out of, of hobbies. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd get in trouble and then that's it. I couldn't do that hobby anymore. And then, you know, that play that sport. So maybe that has a little bit to do with why I am a uh, quote unquote modern renaissance mm. woman. <laughs> you, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> right. My dad is um, a contractor and he's into landscape. And, you know, we came to the Inland Empire when I was young. Uh, I went to high school in Rialto and it was a very cultural upbringing Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change it for the world. I think a lot of my style kind of came from just being in such a diverse Mm -hmm. school. Why do some people call it Rialto? Oh, I don't know. That's that's weird, right? (laughs) I grew up in Rialto. (laughs) It was very much Rialto. Okay. (laughs) Um, so yeah, my senior year of high school, this is a funny story. I was maintaining pretty good grades, but my mom would always get that computerized like robocall saying that I missed a class <laughs> or more than one class. You missing class? <gasps> Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> she was like, that's it. I'm going to school with you and I'm going to go sit in every period. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sure enough did. And Wow. At the time, they had moved from Rialto to Loma Linda, mm-hmm. which is the on the border of Redlands. Mm-hmm. So she realized that I kind of, in a wild way, had my teachers wrapped around my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Again, shocking. <laughs> and so sure enough, my second semester of my senior year... Uh, they were like, surprise, you are going to Redlands High. Good old, good old <laughs> RHS. <laughs> and it was, oh, it was a shock. Let me tell you. Yeah, I, I mean, bet. there was an espresso maker cart in the middle of what? passing period. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. They had like cappuccinos during passing period. Uh, not in 05. Okay. Well, wow. It, perhaps it became a problem. Wow. <laughs> I think Oxycontin came and took over. <laughs> right word i don't know oxycontin <laughs> well my sister went to high school oh, this is bad okay this is digging a little too deep but my sister went there uh, you know years after and that was prevalent like it was marijuana when i was in school okay see when i was there it was heroin oh god i mean that's different right <laughs> you know to be honest this is not my expertise <laughs> Okay, good. Not mine either. So if you guys haven't put this together, I also graduated from RHS, but we graduated at different years. Yeah. What was yeah. your year? 99. 99. Okay, yeah. so and I was 05. Yeah. So we, you guys, you went from, RHS went from espresso machines to heroin. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So, okay. So <laughs> you then, so crazy that you transferred schools halfway through your senior year. Right. So that was the beginning of the end for me, hey, really. Olive, can uh, you lay down, sweetie? Olive's in the studio with us today and she's feeling a little antsy. Come on, baby. Come on. Come lay down. We love you very much. So that really became the beginning of the end for me with n- needing to 
go explore life on my own and figure things out. And it wasn't going to be in Redlands. And I, at the time, was a dancer. I had danced through high school and prior to that, you know, and I started going out to LA every chance I could get, talking myself into clubs and, you know, house music was really (laughs) um, trending at the time. And I booked some extra work, like really like on general hospital. (laughs) What? Yeah, I don't think you knew that about me. So that's really what kind of got me out to LA. I was like, oh, I could like work as a background and extra and dance and it's gonna be great. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I did, I I moved out there kind of all by myself. And I remember walking down Sunset Boulevard with my head shot, trying to get like a server job, because mm-hmm. that's what you do. You work mm-hmm. in a restaurant and you meet people and mm-hmm. you know you get discovered. And sure enough, I landed at 18. I landed myself in the hottest nightclub in town. Wow. And it, it's called Barfly. It's, uh, I think it still remains in Paris, but it's no longer here. Just confirming Bar fly is not the same as bar method. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) You did not teach bar classes in bar fly. No, bar fly was very much like Hugh Hefner would come in every Friday. And I mean, not to name drop, but it was, uh, yeah, Hugh Hefner wasn't at the ballet bar doing, you know, (laughs) plies and Ronde de I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, so you you moved to LA, you got this job. What's going on relationship-wise? So I end up joining a women's soccer team. Okay. Just to be a part. I don't know. I had this feeling inside of me that I needed to be part of a, a women's... I kind of had this women's empowerment, sense of community. I needed to, mm-hmm. to, to make a move. And it was a spinoff of a guy's team that was really compiled of like actors that didn't really act so much anymore uh, musicians like I think Rod Stewart was on the team and uh, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols and anyway they formed a team called Hollywood United and okay. so this was a spinoff of their team of just all women so I joined the team and I'm like I'm not here to date I'm just here to you know play soccer and be fit and strong and sure enough I end up going to one of the guys games mm-hmm. and I see this guy getting red carded off the field <laughs> And he's mouthing off. And you're like, I'm in love. I was like, he's my guy. (laughs) Not only was he getting red carded off the field, he was getting red carded from being a spectator. He like had to leave. Is that a foreshadowing? Um, Of course. Of course. (laughs) I'm like, him, he's mine. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and you know what? He courted me really well. Like he, he he was a Canadian boy. And he just was different, different than anything I had ever had before. And he was well-traveled. He had played professional soccer for Holland. And it was, it was... Did he like maple syrup? (laughs) (laughs) Did he say A? (laughs) Was he really nice? (laughs) He was. He was. I I don't have... um, bad thing to say about him it's just I was 23 at the time yeah yeah that's so young yeah we got married and it was hard Mm -hmm. it was really hard you know you change a lot Mm -hmm. from your early 20s to your late 20s Mm -hmm. we had just bought a condo and spent a lot of time and money remodeling it and it was beautiful and I worked really really hard it started to get a little bitter and I worked really hard. It was one of the hardest things I had ever gone through was my divorce. I mean, by far, 
a, he just was not helping me one bit mm. and I had to buy him out, refinance, buy him out. I was working three jobs at the time. So how long had you guys been married before? Five years. Okay. Five and the years. divorce took two years. Okay. It was okay. wild. Okay. Yeah. I learned a lot. So how old were you when the divorce was finalized? 30. Okay. Mm. So you're kind of like starting over at 30. Yeah. Starting over. I started over at 30 and I was, I stayed single for a year and then I decided to put myself out there again because I really wanted to start a family and I wanted to try it again. I don't know if I necessarily wanted to be married again, but so you're divorced 30, you didn't date for a year and then you're feeling ready. So then what happened? So I decided to put myself online. Okay. And... Right as I was about to get off of it, I think maybe two weeks later, I was just like, this is overwhelming. This is too much. I don't know if I could do this. I think I need to meet someone in person first. And I come across this guy's profile and I thought, I want to meet him. So we met and it moved really quickly. It was really raw and organic in the beginning. And, you know, I put it out there right away. I said, I know you have kids if you're not willing to have any more. I think it was the first time I had kind of put myself out there like that. Like I'm, I don't, I don't need to know where this is going per se, but if this is not for you, then tell me now. And I don't need to pursue this any longer. And, you know, he said all the right things and it moved quickly. He had just bought a house and he asked me to be a part of remodeling it. And of course, you know, I think that's every interior designer's dream is to meet, you know, a dreamy guy who just bought a really nice big house and who wants you to kind of do what you want with it to make it yours. Mm -hmm. And I did. I did. I, I moved out of my condo. It sat empty for a while. And I just jumped right into his life. And then there were some things that started happening that looking back were red flags. And I was just so blinded. I didn't want to, I just thought I could keep working at this. You know, my, my parents are still together. I can do this. I've got this round too, mm -hmm. but it was mental health issues mm -hmm. and, uh, some addiction issues. Mm -hmm. And I, I just kept leveling up to try to accommodate them and try to learn and grow and change with them. And I will never forget, I hadn't really left his side. You know, we were in therapy and I, for the first time I needed to go help my sister plan her wedding and she lives out of state and he was just, every day it was a different reaction about it leading up into the, the departure time. I remember, you know, he was feeling really strong about it on this particular day, but he had just started taking a new medication and he was also kind of changing. Like I was looking into his eyes and not really recognizing the old him and I got on the plane anyway and the communication kind of stopped mm. and I wasn't hearing from him. I couldn't really get in touch with him. And he said, I said, listen, as your friend, please just let me know that you're okay. And very professionally, he said, I'm fine. You know, uh, let's talk tomorrow at 8am. And I was like, okay, we have an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that you're living with. Right. The guy that, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, start a family with as soon as his, right. you know, youngest daughter had gone off to college a few months later. And um, we get on the phone and basically he says, I've decided I'm, I've changed my mind. 
and we are no longer going to be going to be continuing this relationship. Don't worry. I'm going to, you know, set you up basically with my lawyer and he's going to help you through this transition. And I have my daughter this week and I don't think you should come home. Wow. And uh, my, um, it's, it's so hard to even still talk about it to this day. It was just such a, um, a turning, a turning point, you know, my whole world. I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand how somebody could be so cold. Mm -hmm. And, um, my whole world went dark, just black. And you know, I, I'm a pretty sunshiny, like, I think I came out of the womb with spirit fingers. Like Mm -hmm. I was just excited and a bright baby and it definitely altered. It has altered me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I came back to LA, uh, you know, at 33, 34, and I didn't have, uh, I didn't have a place to live. I couldn't go back to his house when I had just finished remodeling and designing and pressing enter on the final piece of furniture to complete mm. the job. And I rented out my condo for not one year, but a two year lease. And, um, he took my car away, you know, I had sold my car and I kind of just slowly gave up my independence Mm. and really placed it into his hands, my future. And it was looking back, you know, I will never, ever do that again. And it's, it's the one thing that if I could impart to my younger self or to any other woman out there, it would be to really keep your life, you know, in the forefront of things. And take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Make sure that you can take care of yourself. Yeah. So yeah, it was tough. Wow. I still don't have... I've never really talked to him after that. Mm. And I never saw him after that. And my belongings sat in storage for years after that. And I wasn't even allowed to be there on moving day. I mean, it was... You know, he was he was wealthy and he had to protect himself. And that's just what they do, I guess. You know, I, it was... There was lawyers involved and security at the door. Wow. It was a a lot. It was a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you went from having this, like, deep love and long-term commitment relationship to, like, security walking you out. Which, it's like you didn't get any closure. Mm Mm-mm. You, like, ripped the rug right out from under you. Completely. Completely. But, you know, at the same time... It's funny, a girlfriend later says, you know, sometimes you have to be evicted from your life Mm. in order to recognize your potential or recognize that that wasn't the situation for you. Mm. And I don't know if I would have ever left, but I remember at one point standing in this big, beautiful bathroom I had, you know, that was just completed. I mean, it was gorgeous, marble everywhere. And... I remember staring out the window thinking, gosh, you know, I miss my friends. Mm. I miss like, what would happen? What could I have been if I didn't choose this life? Because I don't think I would have ever amounted to my true potential Mm. because there was really a cap on my life there, Mm. you know? And so I, I, I knew, I knew that I wasn't it was probably going to get worse Mm. is what I'm saying. You know, just that feeling would have grown inside of me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I need something for me. I need to be truly fulfilled inside. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's very common when people get into relationships and that person kind of becomes their entire world. I think it's very common to lose yourself within that relationship. And it's really important 
to like make sure that you have like if something were to happen to that relationship like who are you outside of that relationship like what do you have what could you take with you and something that I've really tried to instill it when I first got divorced I was kind of to be honest I mean this is a little embarrassing to say but I was like okay well I'll just you know I'll meet someone else and and we he can take care of me you know because I think I can find someone else and it shouldn't be that hard and you know I've I've never I mean I'm self-employed I've never made a ton of money and so it was it wasn't like I was looking for a sugar daddy but I mean it would have been nice to have supplemental income and then I finally got to the point where I was like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Like, I want to come to the table and be like, let's sign a prenup because this is my life. Like, this is what I have to offer. And I want to make sure if something were to happen, like, that's not taken away from me. I. It's funny. Looking back, I do see the parallels of how I was also that girl in my marriage. Mm. I think I was exhausted. Mm. I was, you know, I, I was just kind of running in circles in LA trying to keep it going. Like, it's expensive, you know, to live on your own. And I was, I had started it at such a young age that I just kind of let his life encompass me. Mm. You know, is that the right word? Uh, infiltrate? <laughs> <laughs> I think both could work. <laughs> Maybe it was more like infiltration. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I did. I lost myself a little and I I kind of became all about him. And right as I was starting to kind of realize it was when the relationship Mm. started to deteriorate. Mm. So yeah. You know, in, um, so this is like a kind of a yoga, karma, Buddhism thing, but there's this thing where like, if you keep experiencing the same thing in your life, it's because you haven't learned the lesson from it. Mm, mm. You know? And I <laughs> I feel like, and I, I, I could totally be wrong on where that's coming from, but I remember one of my yoga teachers talking to me about that. And I mean, I have experienced that since my divorce of dating the same guy over and over. And it's because I hadn't learned or I haven't learned that that lesson, you know, and it's like life kind of takes you through that until you learn the lesson. Right. And it almost feels like the stakes get higher, Mm -hmm. right? You're like, okay, that one really hurt this time. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and also though, like when you do go through that depth of pain, that's what grows you as a person. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) You know, It's, it's, um, You know what, that you bring up such a good point. Looking back, I loved them more than I loved myself. Mm. I loved the comfort that they brought me, the comfort zone that I would fall into more than I loved to challenge and see what I was really made of, to see what I could become for me. Mm. And that was tough. That is tough. It's work every day. But... Ultimately, I had to kind of step out of Los Angeles for a couple years and come back here to Redlands and find the love for myself because it wasn't going to get any easier if I kept loving everyone else more than I loved mm. me. So, oh, <laughs> no. so, so you moved back to Loma Linda. Sorry. I know, I know everything about your life, but I'm trying, I'm trying not to um, tell it for you, but. But the wonderful thing about you moving back to Loma Linda is that's how we met. Ah, 
So, so that well, I'll just I'll back up for just a second because I think I think right when you think life can't get any, you know, it's always like it could always be worse. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Um, I will just mention this. It it was, it was a moment where I was I was working on two uh, design projects and. I get in my car to drive to the other one and my dad calls me and, and he says, uh, I'm moving out of the house (laughs) and you know, I'm still trying to pick up my own, my own pieces of my heart and make sense of that. Then now I hear that my parents, uh, of 37 Mm. years together are splitting. Mm. So I then decide I need to be home with my mom Mm. and I need to be home for me. I, uh, I can't keep running around in this town. I wasn't ready to date. I just needed to be home. So come back. And I just think I love this moment so much. Our story. (laughs) (laughs) The moment of how we met. (laughs) Uh, I I started going to Inner Evolution Yoga. Mm -hmm. And it was by far my safest place. Mm. I I could finally take a deep breath. I could finally be myself, and I start taking this class from this gorgeous gal <laughs> who has this big infectious laugh. And the thing about you, Leanna, is that when she is in her element, she doesn't put on this like you know how some yogis can be like, and the sun and the moon <laughs> and reach through your fingertips and then ground down, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, we're just doing a sun salutation. <laughs> Can you guys just fucking go to down dog? Yeah. <laughs> so I um, instantly was like, that's the only, I'm going to her class. Any chance I can get, it was your class. And then. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had a, so I had met, so Michelle had come to my first class and the, the office manager had told me she's like oh michelle signed up for your class you're gonna really like her she's really something Uh, uh and i look over and you had like found your own parking spot like made your own parking spot that should have been a parking spot and you swagger into the lobby and you're like hi i'm michelle and i'm like oh this girl's not from redlands and I loved you and you were so positive. And so anyway, so then I, you had been to a few of my classes and I was going to do a handstand workshop. So you dragged your poor father oh. to the handstand <laughs> workshop. Dad. And I went around the room and I'm like, okay, everybody share why you're here. And so people were like, well, I'm really afraid of falling or I really want to, you know, get better at handstands. or I want to even learn just how to kick up. And I get to Michelle and she goes, um, I'm just here because I'm like really obsessed with Leanna. <laughs> I love how she does my voice. <laughs> okay, well, you do it. No, no. I mean, that is pretty cool. <laughs> I said like, oh, this is a handstand workshop. I'm just here for Leanna. <laughs> She goes. And then she, and then you were basically like, here's my number. Let's be friends. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. my friend. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then we and then we bailed on each other for the first time and we were like, it's, it's love at love. first friendship. It's true love. When you, I, I will say this, when you have a girlfriend who cancels and you're like, oh, yes. And, she, and then you know, you could laugh about it and no one gets upset about when, when are you going to reschedule or how come mm-hmm. this didn't work out? We've been trying to do this for, you know, four times already. It's... It's great. I think what's really good about our friendship, though, is, I mean, we do cancel on each other, but when we really need each other, like, we're there for each other. Like, we make it happen, you know? Yeah. Like, um, we had a little bit of a rough weekend with me driving to LA. We made it work. And yeah. we recorded, and we had a great weekend. And then the recording got fucked up. And here you are, you know? you're <laughs> Like, you know, so it's like, I feel like, we have a good balance of like, we know when we need to sacrifice our life for the, the other person. Yeah. And with that being said, I will add to it by saying you helped me grow immensely as a person. I mean, you came into my life at the most perfect time. There's that. But in addition, I've never had a friendship where you have made an issue come to the forefront so quickly like we are gonna handle this because you're making me feel some kind of way and let's just talk about it now mm-hmm. whereas I wouldn't have normally done that maybe I would have suppressed it maybe I would have brought it up at another time or date and it's just you've made it okay and it's important to do that in friendships like clear the air right now mm-hmm. let's talk about this yeah and I think it's been a really growing experience for us because you know, we've been friends for three years now. Right. And we've had maybe f- three to four big fights. Yeah. Um, but we've always made it through. We had a couple months we weren't speaking to each other. And we made it through that. Yeah. And we met and we cried and we talked it through. And I think this just is all is a really great kind of roundabout way of saying, like, what is important to you? What do you value in your life? And if it's not yourself, then you can't love truly love anybody else. And I think both of us were going through this hard time when mm-hmm. we met and we both were learning how to love ourselves through heartbreak. And within that we found each other and we learned how to love each other and we learned how to have hardship together. And now I feel like we're both at this point where we've invested so much in our business and our careers mm-hmm. and we're like dating is not at the forefront. I mean, mm-hmm. even though I have a dating podcast, I'm I'm not like needing a husband. Well, it's also also about self-discovery and self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I you know is so great about our friendship is you really made me more self-aware of in bringing up, you know, our disagreements right when they happen. It's like, "Oh yeah, well, why did I do that?" Mm-hmm. And that's what is also heavily involved in discovering Self-love yeah. is why do I do the things that I do? What are my triggers? So just to add. Yeah. To yeah. That. I love that. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's go back to the, the dating now and kind of, it's not at the forefront. Your career is you're in your real estate business. Like, where do you see yourself? Like, Maybe what are the important things that you're looking for now as you go into dating? Like, do you look at it differently than you used to? I mean, absolutely. I, (laughs) it's interesting. I've never been in, in, in a relationship like this with myself. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it, it's almost like people just don't know what to make of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you really, really love yourself or you're working really hard on that, um, it, men don't know what to do with that or it just drives them more crazy or some. I don't, I know, mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on that just yet. But I will say that um, I definitely haven't lost this like carefree, organic way that I feel towards meeting someone new and, you know, getting to know one another and that whole process. I don't like to do the discovery part right in the beginning. I just kind of like to let it unfold. However, I have to be a little bit more uh, careful with A, whom I let into my world just because I'm so focused and career-driven this go-around, but B, also because I'm at an age where if I want to start a family, it's it's on my mind now whether I want it to be or not. It's mm-hmm. just the way it works. Mm-hmm. So I have to take into account where they are in their life and what they're going to want and uh, really proceed with ca- a little bit more caution. Mm-hmm. I, I love your easy going attitude towards dating because I'm opposite you know we've we (laughs) joke about I'm sure I've driven Michelle nuts so many times when I'm like we went on a first date and like I don't know if I see it I don't know if he could be my husband Michelle's like uh Leanna you went on one date (laughs) (laughs) but on the opposite end I know you know Michelle has dated men that I know that we've talked about she's like yeah I don't I don't know if I see it and I'm like okay well what decision do you think is best for you? And I feel like you've grown a lot in like where you said you're at that point where you're like, okay, I, I can't waste my time right on men that I don't see a future with. I think and before I had time to kind of entertain them, like there's always a gray area with me. I'm like, well, there's so much fun to, you know, go bike riding with or they love to snow ski and I love to snow ski. So we'll just, you know, we'll get closer in the winter. (laughs) (laughs) But um, now, you know, my job is very demanding with communication. And so now I'm kind of also getting really tired. Yeah. And that is where you're more black and white. You're like, cut it off. Block him. Move on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Block his ass. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's just so, no, we just got to kind of keep it, the friendship. But, you know, it doesn't work that way. Guys mm-hmm. don't think like <laughs> women do. Like, yeah. you know, we're like, we could still be friends, right? And they're like, no. Yeah. So, yes, I'm having a little bit of a time just kind of creating boundaries. Yeah. And I think that's, and I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I think you. you're doing a really good job. Thank you. Thank you. It's not easy. So do you want to talk about the, the trip that came up really yes. quick? Yes. Let's talk about a specific situation yes. that you recently went through and kind of how this plays into what we just talked about. Okay. So yeah. So I became uh, friends with a guy that I had met um, just about, you know, actually I was riding my bike. That's how I met him. And he invited me to go, you know, for his birthday. He's a single dad. You know, his daughter is about to leave for college in August. And he's just been really excited about this moment. He has her full time and he, his life is, so to speak, going to start. He's going to get all this free time. So she's going on a trip with her friends and he finally gets a weekend to himself and he wants to go out of town. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, before in the past, I would have just said, yes, let's go. I love to wine taste. I love to, you know, Mm -hmm. go on these, you know, cycling adventures. And I just would think more about it in a selfish kind of fashion. And I text Leanna and I said, he invited me to go to Napa this weekend. What do you think? And, you know, I think you just kind of reminded me like, well, he's, isn't he not the guy for you? Like you've decided. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, the no, no. (laughs) And I was just like, what? Like, just no, you're not even to think about like it was no time. And I said, what I said, what are you, the trip police? Like, I got really defensive. Like, just support me in my adventures. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm the heart police. What? <laughs> so, and what I and what I meant by that, and I think Michelle did does a good job of of handling my bluntness. But you know, ultimately, in the dating world now not only do we need to think about the hearts of the people that we're dating, you know, so if you know you're dating someone and that person is not for you, you know, we're at the point where we need to be, okay, their heart is partly in my life and I need to be the police for it and protect them. And if it's going to hurt them, like it's better to do it now than later, you know, but also we're the heart police for our own hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, and like you said, like you're in a stage of your life where you're ready to start a family. And so if you don't keep your heart protected for the right person, Mm -hmm. you know, then it's not going to be available. Yeah. And it's funny how quickly I didn't even think about that aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. So, but again, I'm so proud of you. And this is a big step. You turning down that trip. (laughs) didn't want to go I mean that's such a great opportunity well and I think so much of my life I've gotten to experience so many adventures and so many you know memories just from you know <laughs> yes of course I'll go mm-hmm. why wouldn't I and then you well, kind of deal with yes that. I am woman I am I am and uh I just need to stay the course and I'm gonna miss out on things and that's what happens when you're trying to build a life for yourself. And, you know, somebody once told me, he kind of saw my face at the gym one day and he's like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know, I'm just frustrated. And and automatically he, he I don't know if he picked up on it being boys or whatever, but he said to me, he said, Michelle, you just keep doing you. Oh. You keep doing your business and you keep your head up and the right guy is going to find you when you're ready. Oh. And I think I had tears streaming down. I- and it's true I think we get so wrapped up as women like where is he what I mean this is not to say you shouldn't be swiping I think you know do what you think is best for you to learn and to grow Mm -hmm. but you know at a for me at this stage in my life from what I've been through I do need to just love on me right now and and the right guy will find me who's definitely loved on him (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's like such a beautiful way to wrap this up. Thanks, friend. Oh my, getting (laughs) teary-eyed. You guys should see, this is like a love fest over here. (laughs) Well, that was so beautiful. Um, But we're going to end this with a little bit of a lighter (laughs) outro. (laughs) So we're going to play a little game called Never Have I Ever. This game. (laughs) Okay, do you want me to go first? 
I mean, sure. Okay. Never have I ever walked out on a date. <gasps> Ooh. Walked out on a date. Gosh, I've been on some bad dates. But I have <laughs> never walked out. Yeah, honestly, I wish I had a couple Me times. Me too. Me too. Yeah. You know what? This episode is so empowering for women. If you're on a bad date, walk the fuck out. That is, and do a hair toss on your yeah, way out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a good one, Elle. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Mm, never have I ever lied about my age. Oh, you know, honestly, I never have. Because I've always been proud of my age. <laughs> like, I like being in my 30s. Oh, yeah. It's you know, the best. and I, I'm not, I'm always, you know me, I'm too honest. Oh, yeah, that's true. Who am I talking to? <laughs> now you're audience, Michelle. Have you? No, no, I haven't. You know, one time I forgot that I had a birthday. <laughs> so I was like, wait, oh my gosh, I'm not. I'm, I'm older. Oops. <laughs> okay, never have I ever used someone else's toothbrush. Oh, I have. Me too! <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> I forgot how the game was! Yeah, uh, duh. Okay, I have... Uh, <laughs> never have I not ever. <laughs> there we go. That's a new one. That, yeah, that never have I not ever. ever. The yeah. new updated version. Um, yeah, I mean, come on. It's not, like... Fun, but it's. I it's, mean, if you're gonna make out with someone, right? It's, I don't see. I mean, except for the plaque, maybe like the. Ew, well, that's yeah. taking it too far. <laughs> but you know what's weird is like I don't share like cereal. Like not that I eat cereal anymore, but like before in my twenties when I would like eat, I don't share. Like if someone wants a bite of it, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> not the cereal. But like I'll like use their toothpaste or their toothbrush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, totally different things, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. So never have I ever. Hmm, talking about dates. Thrown a drink in a guy's <laughs> face. I wish I had. <laughs> Again! I can so see you doing that. I know! Yeah. It sounds like me. I've sl slapped a guy in the face before. In sixth grade. I'm sorry, Tim Havard. Um, oh, Tim. But no. But again, women... Throw the drink in the face! <laughs> I mean, with reason. If yeah. It's expensive yeah. tequila. Oh. <laughs> yeah, make sure he's paid for it. Right. <laughs> okay, my friend. I'm so thankful that oh. you are on this episode. Plug yourself. Oh, How okay. can we get in touch mm. with you? So, I'm so not good at this part. <laughs> uh, my Instagram is I'm Michelle Para, so two L's, two R's. And my email is michelle.para at compass.com. Okay. My website is michellepara.com. www. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in real estate in Los Angeles and I still drive back and forth to Redlands. And she works her ass off. So yeah. if you're anywhere in the area, she can buy or sell a house for you. Or even if you want to invest. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank and you. I'm so happy you're here. I love this podcast. Oh, thank <laughs> you, friend. Uh, make sure to follow me at Hello and Goodbye Podcast on Instagram. You can follow my personal at underscore Leanna Joan, Twitter. 
hello underscore by underscore pod. We have a Facebook group, check it out. And I will make sure to tag Michelle so you guys can find her through the hello and goodbye Instagram. And we'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. And bye. Bye.